Hello and welcome in to the Woolwork podcast. Um, I'm not calling this an episode, although I probably will have to number it for continuity's sake, but I just thought I would come on and have a little have a little chat, see how you're all doing. Um, because, you know, here we are still in lockdown, day 59, <laughs> week, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, I hope you're all well, I hope you're all safe, um, and if you're not well, I hope you're being looked after. We are well, and we are um, safe, um, but it's no less odd, uh, and it's no less difficult. Um, thank you very much for coming back, uh, and thank you very much for all of the, those of you who reached out after the last podcast. Uh, last time I was, I started off floundering for words about the current situation, um, COVID confusion or Corona confiddlement, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm still there. I'm still in that, um, you know just treading water in many ways um, around all of this kind of stuff. Um, coronavirus is nothing we've ever had to deal with before um, and it's utterly bewildering. Bewildering, And while this podcast is predominantly about wool, I'm not going to shy away from discussing it, which may or may not have been suggested to me. Um, and that's why I just wanted to come in today I'm not really going to talk about anything particularly wooly I just wanted to do a check-in and I just wanted to see how you're all doing and I also needed to come on and just acknowledge that it's odd and tough and I really do believe that we need to find ways to acknowledge how odd this is just for our own mental well-being and physical well-being too I think um I'm, you know, I won't apologise for continuing to hold space just for that, just for us to go, what? You know, this whole situation sucks. Let's just say it. Repeat after me. COVID-19 sucks. Lockdown sucks. It's sensible, of course, but it's sucky. Um... You know, people are staying in, People, some people have to shield, people are homeschooling, key workers, particularly health workers and care workers are putting themselves on the front line. Oh, I'm sorry, I've used the word front line there and I'm really not a fan of this language of conflict, this language of war, but there are people who are working right in the face of coronavirus every day and are putting themselves at risk in doing so it's it's really strange and as well as the the language of conflict that I don't like I you know I really don't like this phrase the new normal and you know I'm putting quote marks around that I don't know particularly what it is I dislike about it but maybe I think it's the fact that the word normal like what the fuck is normal anyway um, so I've been using a la mode <laughs> quite a lot. Um, yeah, but as I say, I think if you don't allow yourself a moment in every day just to confront, acknowledge it in within yourself, um, I think it gets harder. And I do know that I'm in a privileged position to say that I can confront it. I know there's a lot of us who, who aren't able to. 
um, to do that. You know, if this is the only time that you're able to do it, just take a deep breath in with me. And out. Friends, it's utterly crap. But one day soon, we will be standing on the other side of it. We will. Just keep breathing in and out. I'm interested to know if you're able to do any anything creative with this time. In some ways, I'm struggling to be creative. Um, it feels, for me, it feels super involved to sit down and cast it on a sweater. Particularly not the kind of sweater that I've been thinking about. Um, I'll say about that in a moment. Um, but I get restless with big tasks as well. Um, even just sitting down to record this podcast, I tried to write a few notes, but I just couldn't. And I thought it was easier just to sit down and record it than try and write it first. What I have been trying to do is just do have small creative focuses. So um, I write a few postcards to friends and family and loved ones. I've been doing a little bit of swatching for that sweater project that I've been imagining. Um, I've been drop spindling, but not a lot, just swatch amounts worth of, of breed wool. And baking, I've done a little bit of baking. I am not a baker, um, and whenever I sit down to bake anything, I always remember my dear nanny saying, oh, we'll never make a baker of you. Um, because I'm not very finessed and um, yeah I think she used to say I'd be good at making pastry because my hands are very cold but but yeah I'm not the best baker I used to, the things I used to be good at baking were lemon drizzle cake and chocolate brownies and I am still good at making those but I've added a few more things to my repertoire Um, so uh, and finally I've had a sourdough starter that started and that's useful. So um, I've been able to make a few things with that using Kat Golden's Everyday Sourdough um, booklet. And if you are interested in bread making or sourdough, I really, really encourage you to have a look at Kat's blog, A Life in the Making. And um, if you're so inclined, buy her book, um, little booklet, um, Everyday Sourdough, or take one of her courses because... Um, that I felt so empowered, you know, learning from that, and that has been really good. So, um, yeah, these are little pockets of creative focus for me, and that's how I've been getting through. And I, it's difficult. It's difficult to be creative. I feel um, the swatching that I've been doing is a little color work for this kind of fantasy. I have this fantasy that I'll be able to knit. Uh, Gudrun Johnson's Northdale sweater, which is an all-over fair isle pattern. It uses three colours. Um, and if you're a long-time listener of this podcast, you know that I lack confidence in choosing colours, and I definitely lack confidence in fair isle knitting. So um, I've been just swatching on the same piece of knitting, different colours, and um, I've really been enjoying that, and I've just been using the colours in Jimison Smith that I have. But the thought of casting on that that sweater... Um, I just can't kind of cope with that. Um, the idea of of um, giving myself a challenge to knit a fair sweater during lockdown is just something I'm not 
gonna do I I just I'm not gonna put that pressure on myself to do that um but I have also seen lots of knitters creating lots of fantastic finished objects during this time and my hat is off to you because that's just brilliant um really 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 good but yeah I just I'm gonna keep that fair isle sweater as a little bit of a fantasy knit for for a wee while longer I think it's a sense of expectation that I just can't put on myself um it's like you see a lot of memes just now of people saying just because you have this time doesn't mean you have to write that novel you don't have to uh, finish that symphony you don't have to do anything it's hard enough just working your way through every day it's hard enough adjusting to working from home things like that so um so yeah that's kind of where I am um but there's always a but eh uh I have been thinking about a quick sweater so not four ply fingering weight but a quick sweater for my sister's birthday now my sister's birthday is past so there is no deadline and there is no expectation to have it finished by a certain time but it has been quite nice looking at the possibilities uh, of making an Aran plus weight garment now I know some of you will be going what it's me it's summer but um I I feel like uh, <laughs> oh, that's my chair, by the way. I feel like you know, living in Scotland and particularly Shetland, where she lives, there is opportunity for an iron weight sweater or heavier at many opportunities of the year. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. But also, you know, again, I just don't have the patience or the I just I'm just not up to the challenge of anything lighter than that so I have three possibilities and this was the first time in a really long time it felt like it felt like a really long time actually that I had used Ravelry in my favorite way of of choosing filtering things by category filtering things by size I'm a data person I like to be able to search um by filtering things down exactly and I haven't done that on Ravelry for a long time so it was nice to search for um sweater patterns um uh, uh in this way and I've always appreciated that Ravelry lets you do that so finely um, so the first uh, pattern that I saw was the Ramona Pullover by Elizabeth Smith. Uh, a few years ago, I made the Ramona Cardigan, which um, is it's maybe five or six years ago. Maybe not quite as much as that. It, it's not that long ago that it came up in my Instagram stories, actually, that it was the anniversary. Um, I made it in yellow and it was really lovely, but moths ate it. Uh, anyway, this uh, Elizabeth Smith has done a a, a a pullover version. It's Aran slash bulky. You knit it on six millimeter needles. It would be quite um, quick, I think. It's a simple raglan. Uh, it's can be a lined, but there's also uh, instructions for waist shaping. Um, it's a classic kind of garment, but it. it it looks quite modern as well. It's a classic kind of garment and it has a lovely deep um, broken rib hem which was what attracted me to the cardigan actually um, and I think I would enjoy that as a sweater project. Uh, the other possibility 
uh, is Denise Bayron's Wave of Change jacket. This is a bulky weight cropped crew neck jacket um, which has this pearl ridge uh, detailing in the body and in the sleeves. It goes from 36 inches to 63 inch chest which is brilliant uh, with recommended ease of 2 to 4 inches. It's a garment that would get a lot of wear I think and it's uh, a beautiful boxy layering piece which can be worn open or have um, snap fasteners sewn in. I also think that um, delicate uh, little feature closures would be nice you know sometimes you see these on like textile garden things like that um the other thing that i love about this design is that denise Baron made it gender neutral and size inclusive and the name wave of change references the positive changes in the fiber community and i quote from the project page on ravelry she says as we transition into a new decade my hope is that we focus on our common humanity rather than our differences love that absolutely love that last but by no means least, is the Ursa sweater by Jacqueline Seaslack. This is another bulky cropped pullover. Uh, simple in construction, but it has a beautiful triangular design on the front and back uh, in half brioche stitch. I love this. I was kind of worried about the brioche stitch because I haven't done that before. But there is a really great t tutorial um, that talks through it really really simply and clearly um this is modern but it feels timeless it's kind of the thing that um you could almost imagine elizabeth bennett slipping on her ursa over her empire line dress while she goes out trapes in the fields looking for darcy coming out of that lake um <laughs> oh my god <laughs> let's just take a moment to remember that scene um i also love that um the design goes up to 66 inch chest and there are 14 yarn suggestions which are grouped by budget i love that i think more designers could do that that is spectacular and all of these things are apparent on the Ravelry pattern page so you don't even have to buy the pattern to get those suggestions which I really like that. It's, uh, Jacqueline Seaslack is one of those designers who gives you all the information you need to know before buying the pattern um, and doesn't really have any questions that you're asking you're just like let me buy that pattern. So that's the one that I'm kind of leaning towards I have to say. It's also cropped and I think it might be quicker to knit. Let's not even go into the yarn suggestions for any of these patterns. I'm not there yet. Uh, I'm just thinking about what it would be like to to knit one of these. And um, it's been nice to give it a little bit of focus. Um, so that's the height of my crafting at the moment is a lot of just thinking and a, lot, a little bit of swatching. And I finished a pair of socks. And I cast on another pair of socks. And that's it. Um, the sock pattern that is my go-to is Winnick Mum's basic sock pattern. It's a free pattern. Um, and it's the one that's always worked best for me. I'm, I'm a fan of a heel flap top down. And um, yeah, it pretty much always works for me. But that's as much as I can kind of cope with just now. Um, and I, I am interested to know how you're doing and if you're managing to be 
super productive during lockdown or are you also struggling a little bit or do you just have no bandwidth for crafting at all? All of that is valid. Let me just tell you, all of that is valid. No matter what you feel about it, it's the right it's the right thing for you at the moment. You know, I, I really need to put the, the emphasis on that because I think there are enough things to beat ourselves up about at the moment. But I would be interested to know um, how, how craft is helping or if it isn't. Um, you know, I always quote or paraphrase, I suppose, Barbara Kingsolver, who wrote this really great prose piece um, for a Ryan magazine online called Where It Begins. And she talks about knitting needles being your oars and I sort of paraphrase that knitting is a life raft and at the moment um, I kind of feel like my I've got my life raft firmly shored up at the moment Um, but um, there may be more of you out there who are using it um, as a way to traverse through um, these crazy Covid waters. Um, What I would really like to do is I would really like to spend some time collecting evidence of how we're crafting during COVID-19, whether oral history interviews or otherwise. But, again, there's always a but, I don't want to take on too much for myself and I don't want to overwhelm myself. I'm already finding it hard to focus on working from home and, um, yeah, I don't want to start a project that, is likely to uh, is likely to overwhelm me, and I would get very involved in it and quite emotional with it. I think so, but I I would like to hear from you. Um, so either comment in the show notes, um, post uh, at the website, or go on into the Ravelry group and let's start a conversation, or or send me an email. Um, if you are listening to this podcast via the website, there is a contact. Um, option on the menu. If you're listening to this podcast via Spotify or iTunes or any of your podcatchers, in the episode information for this episode that you're listening to right now, there will be a link. If you click on that link, it'll take you to the website where there um, is usually show notes. I'm not going to promise there's there going to be many show notes today. Um, but there's a contact form on there and I really, I would like to hear from you, um, positive, negative or otherwise. Um, and I think... I'm going to pop off now. Uh, but seeing as I've brought it up, why don't I read you a little bit of where it begins? Um, I would like to just encourage you to go and read this piece by Barbara Kingsolver at orionmagazine.org. It is a beautiful, long piece about about knitting, about craft, about wool, about everything that that means, about all of the myriad ways in which wool and knitting find their way into our life and and what that means. But I want to read you a couple of things that might feel pertinent just now. You know, do go and read the whole thing because it's wonderful. Um, So with apologies to Barbara Kingsolver, I'm going to read chunks of this. Uh, It starts with a craving to fill the long evening down slant. There will be whole wide days of watching winter drag her skirts across the mud yard from east to west, going nowhere. 
you will want to nail down all these wadded handfuls of time to stick pin them to a blocking board, frame them on a 24 stitch gauge, 10 to the inch, 10 rows to the hour, straggling trellises of days held fast in the acreage of a shawl. Time by this means will be domesticated and cannot run away. You pick up sticks because time is just asking for it, already lost before it arrives, scattering trails of leavings. The frightful movie your family have chosen for Friday night, just for instance. They insist it will be watched and so, with just one lamp turned on at the end of the sofa, you can be there too, keeping your hands busy and your eye shades half drawn. Yes, people will be murdered, cars will be wrecked, and you'll come through it in one piece, plus a pair of mittens. Strangely, it begins with the opposite, a hankering to lose time, all sense of purpose, to banish all possibilities, the winter, the summer, the bare feet under the table, the shattered day undone, and dregs of old regard and bitter unsettled tea leaves, and the words forever jostling ahead of each other, in line queuing up to be written, especially those words that drub, drub, drub at the skull's concave inner wall, words that are birds in a linear flock, pelting themselves in ruined fury all night long against a window pane. Nothing can stop the words so well as the mute alphabet of knit and pearl. The curl of your cupped hand scoops up long drinks of calm, The rhythm you find is from down inside. Rocking cradle, heartbeat, ocean, waves on a rockless shore. It starts with a texture. There are nowhere near enough words for this, but fingers can sing whole arpeggios at a touch. Textures have their family trees, Cloud and thistledown are cousins to catpelt and earlobe and infant scalp. Petal is also a texture and lime peel and nickelback and nettle and five o'clock shadow and sandstone and ash and soap and slither. Drape is the child of loft and crimp. Wool is a stalwart crone who remembers everything while empty-headed, white-haired cotton forgets. And in spite of their various natures, all these strings can be lured to sit down and play a fibre concerto whole in the cloth. The virgin fleece of April lamb can be blended and spun with, with the fleece of a fat blue hare or a twist of flax. Anything, you name it. Silkworm floss or twiny bamboo. Creatures never known to converse in nature can be introduced and then married right there on the spot. The spindle is your altar, you are the matchmaker, steady on the treadle, fingers plying the heels of a beast and its unlikely kin, animal and vegetable, devising your new and surprising peaceable kingdoms. Fingers can coax and read and speak, they have their own secret libraries and illicit affairs and conventions. Twined into the wool of a hearty you on sheeting day, hands can read the history of her winter, how many snows, how barren or sweet her mangers. For best results, stand in the pasture 
and throw your arms around her. Because really, it does start there, in the barn, on shearing day. The circle of friends again assembling for shearing and skirting, one whole fleece, shorn, all of a piece, is flung on a table like a picnic blanket surrounded by women. All hands point towards the centre like an excessive introverted clock, the better for combing the white fleece with all those fingers, combing the black. Fingers can see in the dark to pull out twigs and manure tags and cockle burrs. White fleeces, shaken free of second cuts, rolled and bundled and stacked, ready for spinning, look like for all the world loaves of bread on a bakery shelf, or sheaves of grain, or any other money in the bank. The universal currency of a planet where people grow cold. On shearing day, all ledgers will be balanced. The sheep lined up in the gates are woolly by morning and naked by night as the barrows fill and the spindles make ready and warmth is bankrolled in futures. Six women can skirt a fleece in ten minutes, just enough time to run and collect the next one, so long as the shearer is handy. It starts early this day and goes long. And then she ends by saying everything starts, of course, with the sheep and the grass. Beneath her greening scalp, the earth frets and dreams and knits herself wordless. Between breaths on all hillsides too steep for the plough, the sheep place little sharp feet on invisible paths and lead their curly-haired sons and daughters out onto tart green blades of eternal breakfast. It starts on tumbled up lamb spring mornings when you slide open the heavy barn door and expel the pronking gamble of newborn wild hooray into the daylight. And in summer haze, when they scramble up onto boulders and scan the horizon with eyes made to fit it just so, horizontal eyes, flattened to that shape by the legions of distant skulking predators avoided for all time. And in the gloaming, when the ewes high up in the pasture suddenly raise their head at the sight of you, conceding to come down as a throng in their rocking horse gate, surrendering under dog press to the barn-tendered mercy of nightfall, it starts where everything starts, with the weather. The muffle-blind snow, the dingle springs, the singular pursuit of the cud, the fibrous alchemy of the herd spinning grass into wool. This is all your business. Hands plunged into a froth of yarn are as helpless as hands thrust into a lover's hair, for they are divining the grass-belt life of everything, the world. The sunshine, heavenly photosynthetic host, sweet leaves of grass all singing the fingers electric that tingle to brace the coming winter, charged by the plied double helices of all creatures that have prepared and justly survived on the firmament of patience and swaddled children. It's all one piece. All one thing. Thank you for listening. Take very good care of yourselves, friends. Until next time, bye for now.